Hello and welcome to the NRL Show, the podcast for all the Mojo Sports fans who love rugby league. I'm your host, Lainey. The quarterfinals for the 2023 NRL season are here. And on the show today, our wonderful panellists Emma and Lachlan join me in bringing you our tips, insights and our opinions on the matches ahead. This is usually around the time when I tell you which team has the bye, but this time around, it's goodbye to seven teams as they didn't make the top eight. In round 27, the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the North Queensland Cowboys were the two remaining teams that were trying to duke it out to see which of them would make it through to the top eight, but it was not to be. On the show, we take a moment to discuss which players we think have been outstanding rising stars for their clubs, and we reflect on our memorable match from the regular season. Also, at the very end of the show, we have a discussion about coach of the year or should perhaps be looking to improve for next year. We cannot contain our enthusiasm and there's a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NRL show for Mojo Sports. Finals footy is finally upon us, and we're also excited. I know I've been pretty giddy about all the chatter and the lead-up um, and all of the outcomes of the performances in the past weekend. Wow, there's a lot to uh, look forward to. So let's say hello uh, to our NRL panellists who've been with, with us since uh, round one. Hello, Lachlan. How are you? And uh, can you believe we're at finals time? Yeah, hi, Lenny. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, it always goes quicker than you expect when uh, you start at round one. It looks like so much could unfold in front of you. And now here we are, all unfolded and ready for eight teams to to go for it. Uh, I can't wait for these finals. How are you doing, Lenny? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Um, I, I spent my last sort of weekend while I've been away on this work assignment just, like, absorbing all the football. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to all that we're going to be talking about tonight. And how are you, Emma? How are you holding up with the Cowboys now out? But your grand final tip team is still in the running. Yeah, obviously devastated about the Cowboys, but um, yeah, Broncos from here on out, I guess. <laughs> so everyone, we are without Gabby this evening. I'm sure you can uh, hear we are missing her uh, dulcet tones, uh, but we will prevail. So hopefully soon, Gabby, you're able to come back and join us. Um, I know there's been a lot, and I do mean a lot, of information just going around. There's media, there's, as usual, everyone likes to go after a club and everyone likes to pick on particular players, especially the teams that we know had uh, fallen out of the uh, of the matches over the past round. But it's kind of nice to know that we've got four matches to look forward to. <laughs> Normally we look back to, uh, you know, sort of uh, give our thoughts as to uh, who we thought were the best and worst um, of the round. Um, and the last round was actually round 27. But I thought I'd do something different and ask um, the both of you, um, is there a particular match that stands out for you from the past 27 rounds? Uh, I know there's a lot to sort of try and uh, remember, uh, but I'm sure there was one in particular. So that for you or one that uh, you'll probably find yourself uh sort of quoting in the future when someone <laughs> makes mention of a particular um, moment. So I'll start with you, Lachlan. Is there any uh, match uh, or performance that stands out to you from the past uh, year? Yeah, so for me, I'm going to go all the way back to March to round one where I was lucky enough to go up to Brisbane to watch the Dolphins play their first NRL game. I think that's a match I'm going to be talking about uh, in a few decades' time. Uh, it was just the atmosphere was it was incredible to see so many fans show up to support uh, this new NRL club and then to see them beat you know the mighty Roosters as they were at the time that they were a real premiership threat back in back at the start of the season so um, yeah just an incredible atmosphere an incredible game 
And yeah, I'm not going to forget it for a very long time. What about you, Emma? Yeah, that's awesome, Lachlan. I'm so excited that you got to go to that. I am trying to think. I'm not very good at uh, remembering matches, but probably the standout thing that I remember is uh, when the Tigers smashed the Cowboys 66 to 18. And then a few weeks, or I guess a month or so later, we turned around and did the same thing back. So probably remember that. What about you, Lainey? So, like, obviously, Warriors being my team, Broncos, my second favorite. Uh, there was a bunch of matches that, um, you know, obviously, I didn't get to go to because they were always being played up in Brisbane. Like, it felt like every single Brisbane match was up at Lane Park. And, like, I mean, they, they, they rarely got around. And when they did, they never, they almost never got to anywhere in Sydney where I was. Um, and also, unfortunately for me, a lot of the Warriors matches were all being played <laughs> mostly in Auckland or, again, also um, in, um, for all, most of their away games were hardly in Sydney. So, um, yeah, so I kind of sort of, uh, res, you know, sort of resolved that I should go and watch my third and fourth teams. So probably the match that really stood out to me, and it was one that I went and saw live, was actually the Cowboys versus South Sydney Rabbitohs match when they played in round 17. Um, my husband and I just on a whim said, yeah, let's go. And, um, you know, all of my South supporter friends said, Oh, this match. I don't know why you Cowboys fans bother to turn off. <laughs> I think in the corner that we were sitting, there were only perhaps about, it felt like maybe 70 to 80 of us supporters sitting in that corner. And you know what it's like out there, Lachlan. There's absolutely no atmosphere <laughs> amongst like all these seats. But yeah, the Cowboys came out and played such a great game. But yeah, Valentine's Holmes um, played so well. Tom did and I think um, this was like a one, amongst one of his uh, standout matches. But, yeah, Val Holmes scored two tries in that game and, yeah, he kicked that full conversion. So real standout <laughs> for me. How good. It's nothing better than upsetting the Rabbitohs supporters. <laughs> Actually, Lachlan, weren't you at that um, Tigers match as well down at Leichhardt when they had that big win over the Cowboys? Yeah, it was at that game Emma was talking about. Uh, yeah, it was a good feeling. Uh, first live game been out there was a win for a while um, and at Leichhardt as well it's just that was great obviously didn't last very long had to wait quite a few months to get another win yeah a really great night all right and the other question I wanted to ask was there a particular player that really stood out to you um, they don't have to be someone who had scored a lot of points but certainly someone that um, you think we should certainly keep our eyes peeled for the next season I'm trying not to make this a, a Tigers focus but for me, even when I'm taking the other clubs into account, for me, it's Dream Buller. For someone still so new to the sport, like he really only joined our flag team last year. It's just come over. And in such a short amount of time, I, I definitely didn't expect him to be making a debut this year, let alone uh, nail down that starting fullback role over Dane Laurie and Charlie Staines. For me, it's Buller. He's obviously got a lot of work to do, but um, I think with a full off season, hopefully he can really um, put in next year and, yeah, start hitting his stride. Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. Um, I like uh, Tainto Picky, but I th- I think um, Isaiah Katoa um, is still a rookie as well, and um, he he's done a lot. Like he's really had to step up throughout pretty much the whole season. A lot of people were questioning the. Well, we know that the Dolphins don't have that much depth, so he's had to be there in really influential part of the game. So that's why I keep. Wasn't sure if he was even a, a rookie because he's kind of feels like he's been doing so much. Yeah, um, he's such a mature player. He scores a lot of points and he's always he's always there. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably go Isaac Tor. He's also kind of been like in the rugby league psyche for quite a while, which is probably why it's hard for us to come to terms with the fact this is you know he made his NRL debut this year, where 
we've been talking about him for years, really, through the Penrith system, and then yeah. uh, obviously playing in the World Cup, playing such a prominent world, uh, role in the World Cup over the off season. In yeah, hopefully he um continues to build. I actually thought that perhaps one that if Gabby was here, she'd probably give him a bit of a shout out. But as Will Warbrick over at the Storm, um, and his first year, I think he's done pretty well. I mean, I realised from his sort of Olympic, you know, origins, and then from Union to crossing over, in the time that he's been over at the Storm, I mean, like he has been rather impressive, and I can see him like really being quite a star that's probably going to hang around at the Storm for a while and continue to just yeah get better. Like, yeah, great stats as well when you look at what he's been able to achieve um, in the time that he's been there. And he's certainly shown that the transition over was short but effective. Yeah, I like that. So, so that's who I thought Gabby would <laughs> take. But I just wanted to throw in, um, you know, you know I I, I love this, uh, the Dolphins, Emma. So, and I know he was um, another convert as well, but I – Really um, love the fact that, you know, when you think about the the plot lines and the storylines that Lachlan always refers to, the stuff that sort of happens behind the scenes to to really sort of elevate um, the profile of a player. I've actually thought Valence Tefare has been probably to me one of the most wonderful stories that I've enjoyed. And, in, in, um, you know, since he's come in and you can see how he's uh, improved over the course of the season when he's um, gotten a run. I remember being like all teary-eyed at the fact that he got two tries as well in his debut game. And then to have his family there also witnessing, it was just so beautiful. So yeah, Valencia Party, I'm, I'm hoping he'll stay at the Dolphins for quite a while. Yeah, he's good there. Yeah, he's a bit of a cult figure after a few a few weeks. So it's always fun when that happens. Um, really appreciate your takes on that. Was there anything else or any other suggestions that you had or input or comments regarding uh, some of the players or teams that we should look out for or uh, things that sort of hung around and still not left you after these 27 rounds of football? I guess how significant this year has been in terms of the first real major shake-up to the, the system in a while. So obviously a different amount of rounds, uh, buyers every week. And I think all the teams have done it really well. I think broadcasters have done it really well. So, yeah, credit to everyone involved. I'm also liking the fact that that they're a lot more thoughtful now about the scheduling for the NRLW matches as well happening with NRL. That, that's been pretty cool. I've been quite happy with that. Okay, team, let's get into the matches ahead. Uh, so we've got two qualifying final matches. Um so among the top four ranked teams on the ladder, so that's first place will contest with the fourth ranked team. So that means the Penrith Panthers will face the fourth place New Zealand Warriors. Also, second place club will face the third ranked club. So therefore, the Brisbane Broncos will face the Melbourne Storm. And yes, also in Brisbane, um, we've also got the two elimination final matches. So the sixth place Cronulla Sharks, they'll be taking on the seventh place Sydney Roosters. And then finally, the fifth place Newcastle Knights will face the eighth placed Canberra Raiders. So that means we've got four matches, one on Friday, two on Saturday and one on Sunday. Okay, so the first match, the qualifying final will take place at Lang Park in Brisbane. The Brisbane Broncos will host the Melbourne Storm on Friday evening at 7.50. Now, we heard last week some staggering statistics and confidence from Gabby that she shared on the show about the Storm's many victories over the Broncos. And despite the Broncos losing to the Storm and dropping a spot, forsaking the minor premiership title, they're at second place. And so they'll be facing the Storm again. So it is a bit of deja vu. 
So watching that match last week, I took away that from that match that Ryan Pappenhausen on the side. Jeez, that is quite some depth in that Storm side. Um, and, and although not made up of their top stars, there were still many talented players that were shining. Um, so as the rest of the Storm constellation uh, return, <laughs> Emak, and, and, you know, what can you tell us? And can you see your grand final pick team, the Broncos, and the favourites coming into this match, make it all the way, as you've been predicting, for a few rounds now? Yeah, I still see them there. Um, they've really uh, – the the loss last week to the Storm was pretty much cost them their, um, their minor premiership, but I think they're still definite contenders um, for the grand final, in my opinion. Uh, I think a lot of people – like, if you don't watch footy or you're just tipping or whatever, you're probably thinking, well, the Storm beat. Broncos last week, they can do it again this week. But it's really just two different, completely different teams. Last week it was literally the reserve side for both teams, really. Um, I was looking at the team list and for the ins for the Broncos, we've got Adam Reynolds, Billy Walters, Ezra Mam, Herbie Farnworth, Kobe Hetherington, Tony Staggs, Kurt Capewell, Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas, Reese Walsh and Selwyn Cobbo. So pretty much all of their main players are coming back. So Adam Reynolds is returning from his calf injury. Paddy Carrigan is returning from his foot injury. Katoni Staggs is back from suspension. So Jesse Arthurs will shift to the wing and Corey Oates will drop to 18th man. Uh, Brennan Piakura is has managed to avoid suspension. Um, he just got fined instead for three separate offences from last week. Uh, Keenan Pleasure is on the bench. But yeah, all of those other names, they're just back from being rested. So hopefully they're nice and fresh for this match. But Storm is very similar. I think they've got 13 I counted before, which is literally a whole brand new team. So we've got Cameron Munster, Christian Walsh, uh, Elisha Katoa, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Marion Seve, Nelson Asofa Solomona, Nick Meany, Tom Eisenhuth, Trent Loyero, Tui Kamakamika, Will Warbrick, uh, Xavier Coates, and Jerome Hughes is back from his knee injury. Harry Grant is back from his shoulder injury, and Ryan Pappenhausen is on the bench. So yeah, all those guys back pretty much from just being rested. It's just going to be an entire different game than than was played last week. I think whoever wrote the stats on this NRL uh, page is probably a Storm supporter because they're all pointing to a Storm and that Storm win. I don't think I saw much good about the Broncos in there. But yeah, like Gabby said, the Broncos have actually not defeated the Storm at Suncorp since 2009. So we always think of Suncorp being where they're going to uh, win and that's their home ground advantage, but they actually haven't beaten Storm there for what's that, 14 years. Um, and the Storm have won their past 14 games against the Broncos and 24 of their past 26. So, yeah, <laughs> Storm has a pretty good win rate against the Broncos, but the Broncos have also only won one of their past six finals matches. But I think that times are changing. Um, <laughs> I think the way that the Broncos have been this year, they're just really serious about being um, premiership contenders and, I think that even though Storms seem to really come good in this past, well, sort of the end of the season, um, they had a really rocky, rocky start at the start and they've been a little bit inconsistent. They just don't seem like the Storm that we think of being super strong. I know that they've come good now, but I'm feeling like it's going to be a Broncos win. But, yeah, that could just be me just getting caught up in them heading towards the premiership. What are you thinking, Lachlan? I'm going to go Broncos as well, but... Yeah, some of those stats are are pretty worrying. Um, well, yeah, when you started that preview, I was I was fairly certain about Broncos, and now definitely less so. I I wonder if the result last week is really going to have any impact on this game at all. Um, I wonder if the coaches will like change how they come into it, or um, 
or the players are like whether it will have any impact at all or whether it really was just a, a game between their two reserve grade sides to to round out the season. Also, there always seems to be a, a game in the last round that ends up being repeated in the, the first week of finals. But, yeah, Broncos for me. I was, like last week I took for Broncos because I thought, uh, yeah, with some confidence. And I think even early in the year, I actually tipped when Broncos was going down to Marvel Stadium that they were going to beat Storm. Didn't happen. <laughs> like it was, it was like every time I, every time you know, I thought, okay, Broncos with their performance leading up to these particular matches, that they're going to do fine. Storm keep beating them, and again, I'm just so unsure about um, what the outcome's going to be for this. I'm going to go with my brain and tip that. And tip it's going to be a golden point by Melbourne Storm. I like it. That's a good call. <laughs> I think it's going to be a tough match. It'll be a cracker one to watch, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I, I just feel that Broncos will do well to get there to catch them or stay in the lead. But, I mean, whichever team it is that's leading, you know, come second half or as we edge closer to full time, it's it's going to be like a point in it. <laughs> like you know, whatever the final result is, and I, and I feel like it's going to be Storm. Storm are the stronger team, and they've been able to beat them there at that venue. You would have think the Storm would be the favourite coming in. I feel like statistically, you've got to say Brisbane are just by the performance over the season. Like I think the Broncos have shown um, a lot more consistency across twenty-seven rounds than Melbourne have. But, yeah, that's true. Ah, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in this one game. <laughs> so can we talk about how much depth these teams have? Like in the reserves, we've got Corey Oates, Marty Tapa'u, um, Tristan Saylor's in there, Tyron Wishart, Tarek Sims, Raymond Smith. Like they're all not bad players to be in the reserves. So they've got a lot of depth in both of these teams. They're pretty strong. Yeah, this one makes me nervous. I love both these teams. Um, yeah, I like them both as well. And I think the fact that they've both come off being rested might even it out a little bit, mm. but maybe not. This should be such a good game. Are you guys going to put a margin on it? I reckon it's going to be close, like you said. Yeah, why That's... not make it extra time? Well, I guess we can safely say that uh, Gabby's going to tip for the storm for this one, yeah? Yeah, I think Gabby actually wrote those stats on the NRL page. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emma. So the second qualifying final match will be out in Penrith. The minor premiership winners, the Penrith Panthers, they chose not to rest all of their stars uh, when they faced North Queensland Cowboys with a resounding defeat that had me pouting, uh, gasping at <laughs> the television. Emma, my heart went out to you for that match. I had my hopes up for the Cowboys too. Uh, the Panthers, uh, they're hosting my team, the New Zealand Warriors, and, and the Warriors chose to rest a lot of their players, and with a second-string team, they were defeated by the Dolphins. But I'm glad that we finally get to watch the Warriors play on free-to-air TV after what felt like an entire season of only being able to watch it on pay TV all season. So this is going to be a really nice change for me and uh, most uh, uh, local-based uh, Warriors fans. So for the Panthers, they have no outs named in their team. A few ins and a little bit of shuffling around. So that's Hooker Mitch Kenny and back row Scott Sorensen. So they return from leg injuries and they've been cleared and named to play. So that means Luke Summerton and Luke Garner, they'll be pushed to the reserves. Jerome Luai's shoulder. His injury um, 
that has kept him sidelined, he's still going to be out. So Jack Coggers will uh, remain as 5'8". So he played pretty well in that Cowboys game. So I can see him, you know, basically moving back in there to um, pair up with Nathan Cleary there. Uh, so they saw some success from that. And also Jamin Salmon, um, he's been named as the 18th man. And for the away team, the Warriors... After so many of the key players being rested, halfback Sean Johnson, he returns to the team and he's going to be paired alongside Temaire Martin. So the captain, Tohu Harris, he's also returning, having suffered some back spasms, which is which is good to see him back. Um, I think they've, they've really missed him there and his leadership in the middle. The rest of the crew return with uh, fullback Chance Nickel-Clockstar, winger Dallin Watene-Zalesniak, prop Adin Funua-Blake, Hooker Wade Egan and second rower Jackson Ford. So named on the bench and fan favourite is Jazz Tevanga. Now he was uh, missing for three games with a hamstring injury, but it'll be great to see him back. There's been a lot of fan speculation hoping that he'll be um, on the side. So that's the news about the clubs. Um, this match, it makes me nervous. In fact, my stomach, as I just talk about this, is actually giving me butterflies. I, it's a similar feeling for me when the world... Rugby League Cup final took place last year and it was Samoa facing up to Australia. So for this match, the Panthers this season, they only have one more win notched up um, over the Warriors um, and this is going to be out at Penrith. So the Panthers have an overwhelming win rate with 60% of their wins at that venue, uh, like 60% win rate at that venue. I know I've mentioned the Warriors away match record being fairly stable, uh, but that last match against the Dolphins probably undid all of my confidence in that fact. Both these teams, they come into this with four wins from their last five matches. And earlier this year, the Panthers defeated the Warriors 18-6 to in Magic Round. And I hope the Warriors can keep more pressure on the Panthers in this coming match and get better ruck control and possession. Um, which they didn't do in that particular match. But, yeah, watching the Panthers last round, they showed up to show everyone, including the Cowboys, that their attack and defence was solid. I watched how they played like a single unit. I was really impressed across the entire park. They trusted each other with the way they played, so cohesive. So there were standouts, and there will always be standouts that we talk about each week, like Crichton, Tor, Martin, Edwards and Cleary. They all played an excellent game, and despite my comments about how Cogger will pair in the halves, he did well. And without Luai as well, the team has good depth. Uh, they were able to win, and they really do show some attacking strength. They're a team with recent and proven finals experience, so they will be ready for whatever the Warriors will bring. Warriors, they have Andrew Webster, a head coach that has come through the tutelage of Ivan Cleary at the Panthers. And since he's taken the reins at the Warriors, it's been a side that we've seen transform, and one that I think fans in New Zealand here in Australia and across the world, um, they've found that enthusiasm and they're excited to get behind them again. Uh, it's nice to have hope because <laughs> it's it's been wonderful to see the rise and the confidence from my team um, that I know that quite a lot of people have actually abandoned them um, or, you know, really did dismiss them at the start of the year. So there are some great attacking players at the Warriors, uh, which have been instrumental and impactful for the team. And they've been named to play, which is great. So I'm looking forward to that. I can't look at this with a one-eyed perspective. And in my heart, I really want the Warriors to win. I also know they can push themselves when they really need to focus. They can block out fans and they can play patient and smart football like they did for the Sharks game, coming into the second half with a huge deficit only to win by two points in that awful wet weather. Also, 
the same way they won at the Jared Croker 300 milestone game um, against the Raiders down in Canberra. So I think they can do it again in Penrith. That means they'll have to give it so much, like so much. And I wonder, will they have more left for the next game? So a smart person will tell you to tip the Panthers as they have players backing out from last week's win. It's at their home ground. They have won two premierships in a row and likely a safe bet. If the Warriors win this match, yeah, their fans will be happy and, and so will their families. But I don't see too many members of the NRL community not loving a victory for them. But I can say if the Panthers are really feeling it, it will likely be a winning margin of 10 to 12 points. If the Warriors can work on all the things to make their game perfect, they will probably win by six to eight points. Um, Andrew Webster might have all the intel they need to get the win and upset the premiums. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Lachlan? Am I telling the truth? Well, I'm really worried about the Warriors, to be honest. I could see them getting absolutely smashed this weekend, then having all the steam come out of their sails. Everyone at home turned to the All Blacks winning their World Cup and everything just crumbles around them. <laughs> Not to be too gloomy. But the Warriors haven't had this chance. Like they have a crack at the finals from this high up on the ladder for a very, very long time. I'm a bit worried that they might blow it a bit. Uh, the pressure might get to them and maybe just a bit of insecurity or uncertainty after that loss in the final round of the season to the Dolphins might just creep in. I hope that's not the case, but that's that's where my mind's going at the moment. So, yeah, for me, it's Penrith. What about you, Emma? I would love to see the Warriors get the win. I think that this game is going to be a bit predictable. But often this season when it's been like that, the other team has come out and just pulled off some sort of miracle and I would love to see that happen. Um, it would be so good for the Warriors to just smash Penrith and bring them, bring them back down a little bit <laughs> in their uh, finals campaign. But yeah, like you said, Laney, a smart person would probably pick, pick the Panthers and I think that's what I'm going to have to do. But, man, I'll be cheering on the Warriors anyway because – it would be so good to see them beat the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone, unless you're a Panthers supporter, I'm pretty sure most people will be on the Warriors team because it's so good to see them up there. And what better way to start off the finals than to beat Penrith? That'd be great if that, you know, happened. You know, like I have to sort of take that sort of real view <laughs> of what's ahead. I'd love, I'd love the Warriors too, but, you know, it feels like um, the Warriors are also ca- uh, carrying a lot of players who um, they only had that one week last week, do you know what I mean, who were rested before coming back. And some of them have had like niggling injuries that have hung around for a while and here they are getting named um, to, to start. And I'm thinking, great, so in case you do beat the Panthers, will you have the depth to actually face, um, you know, the next team that comes through? Because... We saw what their second stringers were like last week, and it was so disappointing. Defense was really lacking, and I remember thinking, "Gosh, you guys need some more experience." I hope, I hope you get some more experience. <laughs> if we do beat the Panthers, then we do make it to the next round. The Roosters have beaten us twice this year, right? We've only beaten Knights once. We've yes, we've beaten the Sharks twice. The Raiders we've beaten them twice. The three teams I'm worried about facing up against is uh, Panthers, Broncos, and Storm, and like. Panthers is first on the list for us. So, of course, I'm really worried. And I've been worried about that um, for a while. So the agony of a fan, hey? You're right, Lachlan. I'm worried about the Warriors too. I have faith. Well, not not a lot, but I have a little bit. Thank you, Emma.
All right, so let's get on to the next match. So the first of the elimination matches is on Saturday at 7.50 out at Shark Park as the Cronulla Sharks are hosting the Sydney Roosters. So the Sharks defeated the Canberra Raiders last week in quite an eventful match. Um, and the match and the much-anticipated rivalry match between the Roosters and the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Olympic Park perhaps delivered exactly what the three of us expected. Emma, we've got two Sydney teams coming up against each other that is separated by only one win, and it'll be played at a venue that has a capacity of approximately 13,000, which uh, we know has garnered a lot of attention and commentary from fans about the venue having fewer seats and, uh, you know, they are missing out on seeing their team play. Emma, both these teams really want this, and it was maybe the Roosters that showed they wanted it a little later in the regular season. Um, but what can we look forward to in this match? But, yeah, this – we. Both of these teams, I feel like towards the end of the season, we've really been kind of rubbishing them both um, <laughs> and saying that we thought the season was ending and the Roosters somehow managed to sneak back in. I know the, the Sharks were always sort of stuck in that top eight, um, even as much as we thought that they weren't doing well. But, um, yeah, the Roosters narrowly missed out on getting kicked out last week and now they're in there. So. It's going to be a really interesting one. I think they're both pretty evenly uh, matched in my head anyway um, of kind of should be good but can be disappointing on the day, not too sure what they're going at. I've kind of been looking at the teams that they've uh, both beaten in the last sort of five rounds and uh, the Roosters, they've beaten – like they've won their last five games um, and the Sharks have only had one loss, which is against the Knights. But I feel like the Roosters have kind of won maybe easier teams like the Tigers, Eels, Dolphins, Manly's kind of, I don't know, they're not terrible teams, but they didn't make top eight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm just looking a bit too much into it there. I think they are pretty, pretty evenly matched. But for the team list, um, the Sharks have actually named the same 17 that beat the Raiders. Uh, there is one catch, though, and I'm not too sure what's going to happen here. Um, they're actually without a fullback at the moment. So they're hoping that Will Kennedy will be returning, and I think he's the one that's been named. Uh, he's coming back from a hamstring injury. Oh, no, so he's actually been listed in the reserves. And Connor Tracy has been named. He's played the last five games at fullback replacing Kennedy, but he actually suffered a knee injury um, against the Raiders and he's unlikely to be available even though he's been named. So I think it's kind of seeing whichever of those two are fit by the weekend who's going to play unless someone entirely different has to come in. Not sure if that's really what you want to be thinking about playing your first finals game. Uh, Braden Hamlin Ueli will make his 100th NRL appearance. And then for the Roosters, Joe Manu uh, failed to return from his hamstring injury last round, but is going to try again. So he has been named, but he's not ready. Curry Allen replaced him last week and could possibly do so again, although Drew Hutchinson is uh, the 18th man. And Daniel Tupo is still out due to his knee injury. So Junior Ponga will play his first ever finals match. And Fletcher Baker received a fine for a grade one dangerous throw charge, but he's good to go. Yeah, those are the main um, changes for both teams. The Roosters captain, 
James Tedesco has scored seven tries in his past eight finals matches. So I think he's someone that you really want to have on your side coming into finals as much as we've sort of talked about whether he's actually as good as we t- as he's um, talked up a bit. But either way, he's he does well in finals. So, um, yeah, the Roosters are looking good there. They do give away a lot of penalties, though. They, um, it's 6.5 in their stats, 6.5 penalties per game on average, uh, which is the most of any team in the NRL. So I guess um, what I'm kind of looking for in this game is a bit of I feel like it's going to be a little bit grubby. Um, I don't know if I'm just, yeah, that's just the the vibe I'm getting. Um, but yeah, for the stadium, I know there's been a lot of talk in uh, the media and everyone lately about whether it should be at Shark Park. Uh, you can only actually fit thirteen thousand fans into that stadium. So um, yeah, obviously a lot of fans are missing out. And I saw a meme which I thought was pretty funny of um saying like imagine thinking that this is intimidating like all Sharks fans think oh it's so intimidating for other teams coming into this stadium with like a couple of people sitting there but yeah what are your guys thoughts Lachlan? Uh yeah so firstly on the stadium um I think my philosophy is that I like I like the clubs when they win that home ground advantage which Cronulla have done by beating Canberra last week to to play at their home ground and I think um that's really important uh, and then contrasting to that, we also need ticket sales. We need people through the gates, bums on seats for these big games. Because uh, this is, you know, this is NRL selling point, right? These are the, this is the combination of months and months of games. Um, I think in the end, I'm fine with this at Shark Park. Um, the alternative, what is probably at Allianz, and that just feels weird for a Sharks home game, which is against Roosters at Sydney Football Stadium, like at the Roosters home ground. That is just unfair to me. So, yeah, I'm fine with this. Um, obviously, it does mean some fans miss out, but I think that's the uh, the most fair option. And, of course, I think competition does have to come before the fans sometimes. It's where we differentiate ourselves from soccer. But um, in terms of the actual game, I could see the Roosters limping through here. I think they know how to win finals footy. Um but saying that I'm going to go the Sharks anyway, I just can't ignore the fact that they've been the much better team over the course of the season. What do you have to say, Laney? I was just making a note here that, um, you know, maybe even um, like a neutral location, like, I don't know, Belmore Park or whatever. I don't know what the uh, what the uh, capacity is there. But, yeah, certainly I think it's more than 12,000 or 13,000 as you were talking about. Not really. I don't think it is. I think it's really? about the same. What is it at Cogra Oval? Cogra is better. Cogra is like – oh, Belmore's 19K. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, Cogra is – one second – 20,000. But still, it's not um, – there's grounds with that much uh, capacity that aren't allowed to host finals um, mm-hmm. as well. So maybe maybe we need to have a look at which grounds are allowed to, like at the start of the season. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see if that discussion comes up over the off-season. Well, I've got to say it's great for the local economy of that Cronulla region because everyone who can't get into the stadium will just be cramming into all of the options around the stadium to watch it. I don't know. Do they do they do what they do for the FIFA where they have a big projector and everyone picnics outside to watch the game? Are they are they doing stuff like that? 
love that. Mm, that'd be great. Oh, anyway, ideas for you, NRL, consider what you're going to do going forward. Um, it's, it's weird because when I look at the stats for this particular match, uh, like, sorry, when I look at the stats for both of these teams, like, I see that Cronulla have actually scored more points than uh, the Roosters over the season. Um, and they've also got one more win than the Roosters. But, like, I know you said, Emma, that, you know, the Roosters have kind of snuck through beating um, some pretty easy teams. I didn't think that the Rabbitohs were a pretty easy team um, and they were able to beat them convincing, well, not convincingly, that the margin was great enough, but also the performance showed me that they're able to get it together. They've got pretty good combinations. You know, the defence sort of worked out. Unfortunately, it was a case of South just weren't able to um, really, um, like, command that game and let it slip away from them. So Bruce's are there. But I, there is a part of me that thinks... Um, I didn't really start seeing the Sharks, you know, doing as well to dominate as they did in their last match over the Raiders until that player was sent off. Um, I mean, uh, Sharks do really well. They're great in attack, um, but it really was just a run over. Like they were just running over the top of them for the remainder of that. Um, it was like a terrible situation for Raiders, but um, I mean, they beat them 24-6. You know, they, there was a man down by some weird sort of comparison the Roosters are able to beat a full strength team, <laughs> um, you know, for 80 minutes. And, you know, much to the point that Lachlan said, they do know how to play, um, you know, finals footy pretty well. And I think they will actually sneak through for a win here. Also, just further to the Sharks Park thing, I don't know if any of you have been to that stadium, but in terms of, like, if you want to get a good look at where the players are on the field it is pretty difficult to get a good seat and get a good view of the match um being played live so i don't know maybe maybe sharks fans are just used to having poor visibility of what's going on the field and uh, what's, i don't know how they can boo it um like you know what players have done because they can't see what's going on half the time with everyone standing in front of you so but i'm gonna go for the roosters for this one i don't actually remember which team i said I was going to go for, but I may as well go for the Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't tell the difference between these two. They're so they're so similar to me. Like, I just, in my mind, like, they're both at the same level at the moment. All right. Thank you, Emma. And also thank you, Lachlan. Uh, for the second elimination final or the fourth match for this weekend, the Newcastle Knights will be hosting the Canberra Raiders in Newcastle. I'd say the Novacastrians are quite happy to have a home game at their, as their team continues their, this winning streak uh, and they have faith in their club to go all the way. Uh, they've been sold out crowds at the Knights home games for some weeks now and the blue and red is actually flying quite proudly again, uh, which has been a long time coming for locals. The Green Machines loyal fan base will be doing some travelling as they go from Canola last weekend. Now they're heading over to Newcastle for this coming match. This is a pretty exciting match and the Knights have been keeping it exciting for fans, uh, punters and other teams. So, Lachlan, what can we look forward to for this match? Yeah, um, another massive crowd hopefully at, at Newcastle. They're really getting behind the club. It's a really great example of the, the one club city, uh, Newcastle. Really, everyone's behind them and I, I'd really love to be up there uh, in the in Newcastle for this week. I think there's a massive build-up, and obviously that's because they've got nine wins on the trot, which is crazy to think about. They're going for 10 in a row. Uh, smashed the Dragons last week, 32-12, to 12, 
And on top of all of this, they have some massive ins as well this week, um, mostly due to some resting last week. But also, Kalen Ponga, Jackson Hastings, and Lachlan Fitzgibbon all return from injury for this elimination final, which is just so confidence-boosting for, for the whole club and fan base as well. Uh, we'll just get so many people more, exci- more excited about the game. Uh, we've also got Tyson Frizzell, Dane Gagai, Phoenix Crossland returning from being rested last week, and obviously a whole heap of players making way, including the likes of Anari Tuala, uh, Dylan Lucas, and Farmanu Brown. So Newcastle looking looking really, really strong on paper. Uh, the Raiders, they were pretty underwhelming last week. Uh, 24-6 loss to the Sharks. They've got one one change after Sebastian Chris was sent off for that ugly spear tackle last week. So James Schiller will replace him in the 17 this week. Notably about the Raiders, they've scraped through to the finals with a points differential of negative 137, which is really odd to think about. Um, that's pretty shocking, I think it's fair to say. Um, I think it's also like the first time um, a club has made the finals in the NRL era without winning a regular season game by more than, I think it was like 14, something like that, the biggest margin they've won a game by, possibly even less. But, yeah, so Canberra are looking really undercooked, to be honest. Newcastle was their first first home final since 2006, which they won, 25-18. to 18. So these opportunities really don't roll around that often. Um, and these two sides actually met just a few rounds ago. Knights won 28-6. That was their fourth straight win at the time, so just as they were getting their roll on. Um, and really, when you consider all these factors, I can't see how you tip the Raiders. So I will tip Newcastle to continue their role. Again, the only the only thing that might see them stumble is just the pressure getting to them. Don't play too much, too much finals, and they've really got a massive shot at going on a roll here and, and really putting in a challenge for the Premiership, I think. So that's, that's a lot to deal with. Um, and really, they've got to make sure they focus on this game and get past Canberra, who will surely put up a, a pretty big fight. I'm going to go Knights by eight or so, a little more than a try. What about you, Emma? Yeah, I think Knights, and I think they have the potential to do it by a fair bit. Um, I think that the Raiders, if I'm being completely honest, and I don't want to sound too mean here, but I don't think they deserve to be in the finals. That Just like the stats that you said before, being ha- having such a – like a negative points differential like that. Um, I think throughout the season they've kind of got lucky to scrape by um, to win a few of their like easy matches and then just kind of just doing enough to get the wins but not really doing anything impressive. Even in the last five games, they've the only wins they've had is against the Bulldogs and the Tigers. No offence to those two, but like, yeah, in the past maybe the Knights – you wouldn't think that they're anything exciting either. But right now they're really on a roll and they're showing everyone that they're serious about coming out and um, being in the finals. And like you said, maybe the pressure will get to them. But I'm hoping that they can stay strong and keep going. And, um, yeah, the last couple of times the Knights have won and I think they have the potential to do it again. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for the Knights. What are you thinking, Lainey? Yeah, I think the Knights is also a sensible option. Um, to go for. I remember sort of early in the year when they were coming out, you know, as we were sort of talking about what they were or what they weren't. And then there were a few sort of early round matches that I thought, oh my gosh, Knights, you've you've got everything there. Like all the ingredients. It's kind of like when someone 
um, you know, puts together a dish, right? It's all the right ingredients, but they just got to get the the actual mix right. Um, and it, it felt like they finally worked that out, um, you know, as the season was progressing. And there were a few players um, that that, you know, just sort of changing their positions a little bit. And I, I remember, Emma, like there was that one particular episode where we were talking about how, you know, Kalen Ponga obviously be taken off the field all the time. And then now they've moved him to fullback away from the centres. And just the way the team has been performing has been, you know, pretty outstanding. I love seeing this sort of great story as to uh, how they're, they're doing. And even when you hear the coach talk, like he's pretty humble um, about, you know, where they are and how, you know, where they've come from. They just knew that they had to do the work. Um, and, and and also I felt like the media didn't really go after them because I think even the media, the sports journalists weren't really sure but this is a real thing or it was going to die off. Um, and now that they're in finals and, you know, they really are looking to be quite a strong team that could upset quite a lot of um, these other large heavyweight teams. You know, this could be the renaissance for the Knights. Um, I think um, the fans have been turning out to support them with, with such high hopes and, and they've been right too. They've been performing great. And they've got so many players that I, I think about who have just been stars, really. Um, and I'm glad to see that Ponga's back. I hope he's well enough to be able to play. Um, that ACL joint is pretty concerning. Um, and when I see the team sort of lining up against each other, you're right. I don't want to be mean and say that the Raiders don't deserve to be there because I'm sure there are some people that would point at the Warriors and say the same thing that, you know, you guys don't deserve to be in the top eight too because we've just, you know, just winning. Um, and the Raiders have been also just winning enough games to to get into the eight. So, you know, I don't want to be um, too dismissive that way, but when I look at these two teams, like, swearing up against each other and it's over in Newcastle and the Raiders have been put away pretty easily by them, Knights are a young team, but they're also a team that's been able to work out their combinations and attack um, probably a little bit better than the Raiders. So it only makes sense for me to go for the Knights in this. And, and I think it's going to be, <laughs> I think it's going to be a bigger margin than the last time these guys caught up. I have a feeling that I know, so Knights beat them 24 to 14 in March, and then um, Knights beat them 28 to 6 back in July. I think they're going to beat them by more. Yeah, I agree. I think they could. Um, and just on the Warriors, Laney, don't forget that the Warriors have a points differential of 124 points. That's positive 124, and the Raiders have negative 137. So I don't know if you can really compare the two. I know that, I know that. But, I mean, like, there have been a lot of people sort of looking at the top eight and sort of pointing out which of the teams that's like, how did you get there? And, you know, and I know there are a lot of people pointing at the Raiders, and I'm sure there are a lot of people pointing at, at the Warriors too, thinking – you know, the same sort of thing, even though you're right, you are right. It's the differentials are difference. But, you know, when you also look at the margins of how um, the Warriors have won their matches and where they've kind of started to slow down a defence um, towards the close of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, hate is going to hate. Just go Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to all of these matches. And I'm also looking forward to seeing how the NRLW matches um, turn out as well, um, leading up into the finals so yeah any final comments you guys i was going to ask you guys who do you think um should get like the coach of the year award gotta be webster for me webster yeah yeah that's a good shot yeah what are you thinking laney i'm thinking the knights coach mm. yeah i mean nine straight wins oh uh, ivan cleary's like the predictable 
<laughs> I don't know who won it last year, but I feel like I feel like it's going to be between Webster and the coach of the Knights. What's his name? O'Brien. Yeah, Adam O'Brien. I know everyone always talks about Bennett and how great Bennett is, but like he's just brought a brand new team in and they did all right. Like it's yeah, true. They, made, they didn't make top eight, but they were going pretty well at the start. Yeah. Yeah. So who would we give the uh worst coach award to or or needs to improve award? The dragons. Yeah, <laughs> dragons. Dragons can never oh. keep their coaches. They've had like two different coaches, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe Souths. Maybe. maybe I actually, I, my money, look, if I was to give out um, a uh, you need to improve by next year award for coaches, I'd definitely give it to Demetrio at Souths. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you kind of look back and it's like, your club has had too much drama. You're making the news too much. You're in front of the media too much, defending yourself and defending the club. Much more oh, than yeah. all the other coaches, you need to sort it out, buddy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And there you have it, everyone. That is our show. My many thanks to Emma and Lachlan, my co-panelists. Great to have you both sharing your thoughts about the matches that we have coming ahead. We missed you, Gabby, and we hope you can rejoin us soon. We wish the final eight teams a great first round of finals with no injuries, send-offs or suspensions. And to those of you heading out to watch any of the matches live, please be safe and have fun. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we're grateful for you tuning in. And please feel free to tell a friend about our show and some of the other shows that we have here on the Mojo Sports. And from the team here at the Mojo Sports NRL show, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.